Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is so good and wonderful. You know, uh, I have a lot to say. And uh, it's just one of the frustrations is knowing when to quit. But uh, one of the things I was thinking of is, you know, the, the, the time that we go through, the the problems we go through, the disasters we go through, if it changes our if our if it changes our view of the goodness of God, we have to adjust our theology. And when we adjust our theology to, to make God smaller, then we begin to lose out. Our faith begins to dwindle. And the Bible says that without faith is impossible to please God. He that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I had something interesting happen to me this morning. I was low on on supplies, so I had to run to my local supply store, which is Weiss. And uh, so uh, I got in the car, I turned the car on, the radio was on, and there was a Christian station on, of course. I'm a pastor. <laughs> but anyway, I just happened to be on a Christian station. And uh, the, uh, the, the minister was saying, uh, God's phone number is Jeremiah 33.3. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. And I thought, well, that's, that's good, you know. That's good. But then he goes on to say, well, you know, God doesn't always pick up on the first ring. And my, you know, I'm analytical. And so I begin to think about Daniel. Daniel had fasted and prayed for 21 days. And when the angel showed up, he said, as soon as you prayed, Daniel, your prayer was answered. But the prince of Persia has withstood me. So in my mind, you know, we need to realize that, that, that God is not the problem, that there are other issues in the way, and just because you're not getting your prayer answered immediately doesn't mean that God is not for you, doesn't mean he hasn't answered you. He has already sent the answer, and uh, sometimes because we don't realize what is in between you know, there's some, there's sometimes there's people in between. There used to be a song, I think it was a country song, I'm not going to sing it. All I remember is the name, is Mr. In-Between. Well, the devil is Mr. In-Between, and he tries to hinder the blessings of God from coming our way. So anyway, that's not the end of the story. I Get into wise, put on my little, well, actually, I kind of like it. It's a bandana. Reminds me of when I was a kid, we used to play cowboys and Indians, you know. 
And so anyway, I just needed a cowboy hat. I've got cowboy boots. I needed a cowboy hat, and I just pull up my, my thing. And it, it kind of reminds me, man, you know, robbers used to put those on, but then, you know, the good guys did too. But anyway, I got into the store, and how many of you know there's media in the store? So I start, you know, I'm walking around, I'm getting what I need, and a song comes on. It says, you got to think of yourself and nobody else. You got to think of yourself and nobody else. Can you, can you imagine people walking through there with their guard down? They're not thinking. They're being fed this stuff. And that's not the only kind of song that would be, uh, that would be you know, there's things in the air. And I'm not even sure if our brain can't even pick up the, the sound waves that are going, the, the radio waves. We don't know what our brain can do. There's millions of messages that are in the air. And so we've got to be sure that we guard our heart. Well, with all that said, I want to share with you what my message is. It's favor is the eternal purpose of God. Favor is the eternal purpose of God. There we have a Bible, and the first two chapters of the Bible are God's eternal plan. And how many of you know there's a third chapter? There's a third chapter where man and the devil partner together. And the rest of the Bible is God fixing up the mess that the devil and man has, has partnered with. And then the last two chapters of the Bible, say the last two chapters. The last two chapters is God has straightened it all out, got it all back together, and the kingdom, and well, this is actually before this, but the kingdom of our God has been, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. But let me just say this, the kingdom of God has already come, but it's not fully manifested. And it's the favor of God that is uh, in our lives that brings about that kingdom being totally manifested in the earth. Well, how many of you know, we live in a changing world. Some of you said, uh, you know, they're talking about the, the new normal. I don't know. You know, there's never been a normal. Have you ever lived in a world, you know, you might think you live in a normal, but how many of you know your lives are always changing? My life is always changing. You know, uh, if, I if I would have lived a normal life, I would still be living in misery, I'd still be living in Missouri. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm not living in misery. I'm living in Pennsylvania. And I'm living in the favor of God. You know, some people say, oh, this has been terrible. You know, it hadn't been terrible for me. Because I've focused, instead of focusing my attention on binge watching uh, Downton Abbey or whatever, you know, people are doing, or, or I've kept away from the refrigerator. Hallelujah. 
So it's been a positive thing for me. But the reality is, is I see where God, God has never changed. God, all right, this is my message. God does not change. God does not change. The world is in a continual flux of change. And we are in the midst of God changing us, but he doesn't change. And if you read the first part of the Bible, it's God's favor. You read the last part of the Bible, it's God's favor. And in the midst of the Bible, it's God's favor on people's lives to bring about his kingdom. Can you say amen? Well, I want to give you some uh, scripture to back this up. And in Malachi chapter 3, if you're, if you're Italian, it's Malachi. In Malachi 3 verse 6, he says, I am the Lord, I change not. Now we need to ask ourselves, is God a liar or is God the truth, God truth? Well, the Bible says that it is impossible for God to lie, so he does not change. He does not change. Now you might need to change your thinking because you've read certain things and you've equated God to do this and God to do that. and God, You got to realize that people were under different covenants. We are in a, we are living under a new covenant that we have be, a better covenant based upon better promises. And hallelujah, Jesus came to reveal what the Father was all about, what the Father's like. He said, you, you that have seen me have seen the Father. I don't see anywhere where Jesus put a cancer on anybody. He didn't say, well, this is God's will, and he's trying to teach you a lesson, and as soon as you get it, then you're going to get healed. No, when they came to him, he healed them. He healed them. You say, well, I know people that have died. I pray for people and they've died. But thank God I made a decision when I was in Bible school. I'm going to believe the word of God no matter what. And my Bible says is that he is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals you. Amen. So one thing we need to realize is that he is the Lord God. He changes not and his original plan doesn't change. It's the original plan. The original plan does not change. We know if you look at Genesis chapter 1 and 2, that's God's original plan. You go to the end of the Bible, the last two chapters, we get back to God's original plan. And in the beginning, in the first two chapters, he gave man authority. And he told him to rule. In the end of the book, he says this. He says, my God has made them kings. I've made you kings and priests unto our God. So we're returned back to the authority, even though we have authority now. Hallelujah. Are you walking in the authority that Jesus gave you? So Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. In other words, my word will not change. Well, we need to add this too, that Jesus is the word of God and he doesn't change. So Whatever you see Jesus in the Gospels, he doesn't change. He does not change. Hallelujah. Well, let's, let's look at some things that do change. Well, let me, before I go there, uh, if you get texts from me, you might see a little anchor. I'll put the little emoji on there. It's an anchor. And you might think, oh, he, he remembers when he was a sailor. That doesn't have anything to do with me being a sailor. 
because that's a reminder to me that hope is the anchor of the soul. And I learned that an anchor keeps you from destruction. When your mind wanders, when your mind wanders, you are about ready to crash. You're about ready to hit the rocks. You're about ready to run into other ships. You're about ready to be lost at sea because your anchor didn't hold or you didn't put down the anchor. But hallelujah, the anchor, the hope is the anchor of the soul. Do you have hope this morning? So as I read this verse, keep your hope. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You say, why is God taking so long? Because he wants people to come to Christ. He wants you to come to Christ. He wants you to get closer to Christ, but he also wants others to come and to know him. He doesn't stop there. But the day of the Lord will come. Say, the day of the Lord will come. As a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away and with a great noise, the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth and also the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that we have all these things uh, shall be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be in holy conversation and godliness. Holy conversation doesn't mean just clean up your speech. That means how you live. How many of you know that God's a holy God and he wants us to live holy lives? Hallelujah. It's not, a, well, maybe it is. Holy, holy, holy. Holy. That the angels in heaven are crying out, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And we are carriers. You are, you are, what is that? Uh, not infected. Uh, you're contagious with the holiness of God. You say, well, I don't know, pastor. Then come out in the name of Jesus. Let that holiness come out. You say, well, I don't have it. That's not a demon. No, but you've got the Holy Ghost locked up. You've got him buried. So we need to tell him to come out. In Jesus' name, not leave you, but to come and manifest in our lives. Hallelujah. He doesn't stop there. He says, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord. You know, uh, I remember um, I wasn't married yet. I was dating Melody, and um, we were in a church, and the pastor said, I believe Jesus could come this year. Oh, that's okay. That's good, you know. I believe Jesus could come this month, and I'm thinking, man, I ain't been married yet. And I believe Jesus could come this week, and now I'm sweating. I believe Jesus could come today. You know, the closer it gets, the more we want to put it off. But the reality is, is for us as believers, we are to be looking for and hastening. You know, the way we live and the way we speak can hasten. Not only God's, uh, not only the second coming, but his appearance in our lives. Do you know that Jesus wants to appear in your business? Do you know that Jesus wants to appear in your family? Do you know Jesus wants to appear in your community? Do you know Jesus wants to appear in the state house? 
He wants to appear in the governor's mansion. He wants, but uh, you know what? Well, you know, <laughs> I don't want to say, but we just, we talk bad. You know, I'll give you some prayers sometime if you're, if you're interested. But you know, you can just pray for good government. Lord, I'm asking for good government. Remember what Daniel prayed? You know, he prayed, but there was a, a Mr. In-Between. Anyway, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord. Verse 13, nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. So God doesn't change. The earth will change, and God's got us in the processes of change because he wants us to be conformed into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. He goes on to say in verse 14, Wherefore, beloved, looking, uh, wherefore, beloved, seeing that you, have, uh, you look for such things, be diligent to be found in peace without spot and blemish. Are you living in peace? God wants your inner man to be in peace. He wants you to give peace with other people. God wants us to, you know, you know, we, we, well, we want to just change people's lives. We'll give them peace first. You know, a lot of times when we start talking to people, they immediately put up a fence because we've got our Christian talk, but we just need to, we need to tear down the barriers and be people of peace so that God can come in. Amen. We're, we're living in a changing world, but that does not negate God's plan. Hallelujah. It does not negate the promises of God. I remember uh, it was during worship. Uh, somebody was they were talking about things and uh, the thought came to me, all the promises of God in him are yes and amen. And it doesn't matter what the world is going through. doesn't matter what, uh, what, what things going around us. All the promises are yes. Yes, amen, I agree. Yes, Lord. Well, Ephesians, I'm just, thank you, Lord. Ephesians 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. Say, blessed me. Now turn and look at somebody and say, he's blessed you. He says, who has blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. I used to get discouraged when I'd read that. I'd say, well, I don't want spiritual blessings. I want material blessings. You know, uh, spiritual blessings don't pay the bills sometimes. You can't eat. But you know that everything, even in the natural, had to begin in the spirit. The God, of the, the God who created heaven and earth, God says he is a spirit. And so it begins in the spirit, but so the spiritual blessing can manifest into natural blessings. I don't know if you're getting excited. Who's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. It's all coming through Christ. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. You know, God, God just didn't think, well, I got to come up with a plan. His plan, was, his plan was in place before 
the world was even made and his plan was to favor you so that he could establish his kingdom. Hallelujah. He goes on to say in verse 5, having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ uh, to himself according to the good pleasure. Say good pleasure. It's God's good pleasure to give you favor. It's God's good pleasure to bless you. He is not, he is not critical. He is not, uh, he is not holding back. He's not, you know, he, you know, some people say, well, you got to get this, 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 and this in order, and then God can finally bless you. He was blessing you while you were a sinner. He was blessing you when you were blaspheming him. You say, well, I never blasphemed him. Maybe not with your words, but the way you were living, the way you were thinking, you could have been blaspheming God, but God was still blessing you. He was drawing you to himself. How many times has God saved you? I mean, I mean, from disaster, and you weren't even following him. God is a good God. He's got a plan for you. He's not changing, but he's changing you. Thank you, Lord. So I've already mentioned this, but in Romans chapter 8, verse 29, it says, For whom he foreknow, he also predestined, to, uh, that we be conformed into the image of his son. The eternal plan is that you be just like Jesus. Some of you prayed to be just like Jesus. That means, well, I want to do the miracles or I want to, you know, I want to have the character, but he wants you to have the character and do the miracles and have the holy life and love his, you know, Jesus loved his enemies. He just didn't tell us to do it. He was nailed to a cross after being beaten and flayed, hung on the cross, and he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I'd say that's love. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, you're wonderful. God is good. I just want to say this. I don't have time to read the scriptures, but in Ephesians 3... Verse, uh, verse, verse 10, he says, he says that, well, I'll just read it. It says, to the intent that now the principalities and powers in heavenly places might know by the church the manifold wisdom of God. You know, God's not going to come down here and deal with the devil. Because he is going to use the church to teach the devil a lesson. He says, well, well pastors, I feel weak. I feel unworthy. God uses the weak things of the world to confound the wise. So the weaker you are, the more of a candidate you are for God to use you, for God to use you to bring down the throne, the thrones of the enemy. He goes on to say in verse 11, he says, according to the eternal purpose. In other words, God planned this before the foundations of the world that you, would, through favor, through the favor of God, would destroy the principalities and powers. They're already defeated. We're just letting them know. Verse 12, in whom we have boldness and access. Hallelujah. 
Now, if you have favor, if you have favor with God, and we're going to look to make sure, what is favor? Well, you know, one of, the, one of the words that's used in the Bible so much, especially in the epistles, is grace. What is grace? Well, you know, you can say, well, unmerited favor. You know, and that's true. But let's just look at favor. It is favor whether you deserve it or not. And most of us don't. Most of us don't deserve it, but it is the favor of God that is going to cause us to rise up and to see the church rise up and to see God's kingdom come and God's will be done. It's what Jesus told us to pray. But he says in uh, Hebrews chapter 4, 16, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. How, how come we can come boldly? Because we have favor. Turn to somebody and says, don't be a wimp. You've got favor. Hallelujah. Same, same book, chapter, uh, chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter Enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Now, we need to think about this for a minute. The holiest. Remember the holy of holies? They, they, they sent a priest in with a rope around his leg in case they stopped hearing the bells. Oop, something must have happened. Pull him out. But he's telling us no. He says, now you've got, you've got favor by through, G, through the blood of Jesus to come into the holy place and you don't need a rope around your leg. <laughs> Hallelujah. Verse uh, chapter 13. He says, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So that we may boldly say, Boldly, you know, there's another scripture in the Old Testament that says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear what can men do unto me. Let me just say this, if we have boldness with God, his, if we have boldness with God through his favor, we should have faith to have favor with men. What is man compared to God? If I've got favor with God, that I can come boldly before the throne room of grace, that I can come boldly into the holiest place, then I should have favor with men, and whether they receive me or not, I should still have the boldness. Now, I'm not talking about arrogance but having a confidence that I am going to be, I'm still going to carry the favor of the Lord whether I'm accepted or not. Lay hands on yourself in uh, TV land. Lay hands on yourself and said, I'm filled with favor. I command fear and rejection to leave me. Because I have favor with God I have, boldness I have boldness in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Oh, this is good. Proverbs chapter six, uh, 16, verse 15. And when I, read, when I read the Old Testament, I'm looking for Jesus there. And I found Jesus here. 
He says, when the king smiles. When the king smiles, there's life. He says, his favor refreshes like spring rain. Do you know that the priest, Aaron, Moses, and the priests were commanded to speak a blessing over the people of God? Why, why didn't Moses get to go into the promised land? Because he refused to bless the people, even though they were in rebellion. He refused to bless the people. He, God said, you're not going in. And you know, he begged God. Say, the king smiles on me. Well, uh, Numbers chapter 6 and verse 24, it says this, May the Lord bless and keep you or protect you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. Well, it, what's that mean? It means may the Lord smile on you. May the Lord smile on you. Are you afraid to come into the presence of God or are you, when you're coming in, expecting to see a frown or are you expecting to see a smile? The king's smile is life. He came that you might have life and life more abundantly, so he's already smiling on you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious unto you. Thank you, Jesus. One of my favorite, favorite scriptures, that's for me personally, uh, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 it says, let no corrupt communication proceed from out of your mouth, but that which is good to edifying, that it may minister grace or favor to the people. Minister grace. You know, it's not just enough for us to receive the favor of God. We've got to give the favor of God. You know what your ministry is? Some people say, what's well, my ministry? Your ministry is favor. Your ministry is giving favor. Do you know the let any Second uh, Corinthians? It says the letter or the law kills, but the Spirit gives life. The Spirit gives life. We also know from John chapter one, it says this. It says um, the law was given through Moses, but grace or favor and truth comes through Jesus. And if God is making you like Jesus, hey, thank you, Jesus. Well, I just have to shut it down. It's all a matter of us cooperating. Cooperating. We just got to cooperate with the favor of God. How do I do that? Well, in Romans chapter uh, 4, verse 17, it says, God speaks life to the dead and calls those things that be not as though they were. Well, pastor, I don't feel blessed. And pastor, I definitely don't feel like blessing them. God gives life to the dead and calls those things that be not as though they were. Are you going to be like God, or are you going to be like Mr. In-Between? Just a thought. Hallelujah. Last scripture. He said uh, in John chapter 6, verse 63, 
Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. You know, so many times we curse things before we get. We will curse, uh, we will curse opportunities. Oh, I don't think I'm going to get that job. Um, you know, I don't think I'm qualified. doesn't matter whether you're qualified or not. Do you have the favor of God? You know that God will give you the qualifications. God will give you the qualification. You are, you know what? If you, most of us guys need to look. Did we, did we really qualify to marry the woman that we married? How many of you know that we, how many of you know that we married beyond our ability? We married beyond. So God is able to equip you. So go ahead and go for the job because God is able to transform you into the husband, into the person. I could tell you a lot of stories, but I have to stop. We're going to, we're going to receive communion and communion is really uh, a reminder of the favor of God on our lives. You know, everything, that, everything about the communion is about what God does for us in redemption. And we did nothing to deserve it. Nothing. We don't, we don't need to feel deserving. We just know that we have the favor of God upon our lives. The scripture says that Jesus took bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body. He said, well, that's a cracker. Well, by faith, it's his body. By faith, I see this and I say, this is the body. Of Christ, Because Jesus didn't say, well, this bread represents my body. This, this wine represents my body. No, he didn't say that. He said, this is my body. So I'm going to just do that. This is my body. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and praise you that we receive the body of Christ and we receive the benefits of it in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you that he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we are, we are reminded, Lord, that the blood gives us power over the enemy. We're reminded that the blood brings us into the presence of God without any fear of condemnation or inferiority. We thank you that the blood of Jesus continually cleanses us from all sins. So we receive of the cup and we give you thanks and praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. To God be the glory for the things he has done. If you're still working, 
If you're still working for God's approval, you need to stop because you are already approved of God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I think we might have some announcement. We love you. Look forward to seeing you. And you are favored in Jesus' name.